Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, and I'm joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What's up? And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, guys. And back again, a brother from another mother, J.P., Jonathan Pacluda. If you don't know who he is, you're living under a rock, but what's up, dude? Wait, we have different moms? (laughs) (laughs) This is... This is how I find out? I, uh, I thought somebody told you. We, we talked no, about that. This, that is devastating. I know. My mom is always creeped out when you call her mom. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing that. got to stop doing that. I mean, it's part of her that likes it, but um, what's <laughs> okay. up, man? What's up, guys? Hey. The, the gang is back together. The gang is back. Listen, I need to share one of my favorite memories from the porch was when we went to Dairy Queen and um, we started ragging on David in the back seat. And JP, I have never seen you laugh so hard. You thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Well, what were we? Let's let's go back there because I have no I have recollection. No of that idea whatsoever. what you're talking about. Oh my gosh, I remember it vividly because I felt like we're like, okay, watch the road, bro. Man, that's what was funny. It? What, what oh was gosh, it? we were. I don't remember. I think I started saying he, like, I don't know if it was this like. This is a great story, Laura. <laughs> he ordered a he ordered a mini blizzard. No, yeah. it was. Hey, hey, podcast world, listen. There was this one time where <laughs> there was a funny story, and we all laughed. <laughs> And no one remembers what it no, was. No, no, no. Okay, I remember. I was saying something about uh, David being the mom and and you being the dad or something. I, okay, all right, all right. We can move on. Man. This got weird. Let's go back to talking about David's mom. That was less weird. <laughs> yeah, that was less weird. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love it. All right. Hey, we're having you on, dude. Uh, and we're talking about as we kick off the new year, the first one of the year. So good to have you back. Um, and it's a really important topic, uh, somewhat related to a book that you're releasing, which we can talk about here in a second, but am I ready to date this year in 2021? You know, 2020 was not the year of love for most people. People are isolated. They cut <laughs> off, you know, they weren't able to dive into relationships stuck in digital land, stuck in digital land. So as we turn the corner, 2021 as people are looking towards hoping this is the year to find love, asking the question. How do I know if I'm even ready to date? And that there's a lot of ways we could take that, but any knee-jerk response, and then we can we can go from there. Yeah, let me say up front, first of all, before we even dive into that, just how proud I am of all of you. And I, it is incredible to be here in Waco and just to watch from afar how God is using you and the porch and David, especially your leadership, man. I, I, uh, I There's not a day that I wake up that I just don't miss you like crazy. And so to, to be able to jump on with you guys is, um, you know, it's, it's so fun for me. And so, yeah, I think we can break this down to four questions to ask. Am I ready to date? And I know that for a lot of your listeners, that's going to be, am I ready to date again? You know, it just, we, it just broke up. And for some of them, it's, am I ready to date for the first time? And then for others, it's like, hey, I desperately want to date, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of options for me. And so the, this will feel like, Kind of no duh obvious questions, um, but I, but unfortunately, I've learned they're not so obvious for everybody. And so the first one is just simply, am I a believer? 
Like, do, am I at a place where I know the creator of the heavens and the earth? And, and so just if you're listening to views from the porch, I'm sure you're nodding your head. Like, of course I'm a believer. Of course I'm a Christian. I chose this podcast. And then I would just go one step further. Is Jesus my number one priority? And so, like I've heard it well said before, before I begin to pursue marriage, I need to be rightly married to the bridegroom of Christ. And that sounds really churchy, super Christianity. But I, listen, guys, I'm sick. I'm so tired. I'm de- I am fed up, right, with these marriage counseling sessions where I'm sitting with people. They're like, you know, uh, I knew he wasn't a Christian. But we got married. I was really hoping he'd come along, or I thought she was a Christian, or I thought we were at the same place spiritually. And now, you know, she just filed for divorce, and you know, our kids hate him. And this, and it, it sounds like it's hey, it's not a big deal. But I'm shocked at how many people compromise here, and how many people say, "Hey, I'm a Christian," and yet it's not the greatest priority in their life. And that was me. Like I grew up in a Christian home. I went to Christian. I went to church school for nine years. I would have told you I was a Christian, and yet I was I was pursuing girls like they were sport. Um, I was not following Jesus. And so, just that that first question is, "Hey, are you are you in a committed relationship with Christ?" Before you can pursue a relationship. Are you in a committed relationship with Christ? Did you wake up this morning, get in his word? Did you spend some time talking to the creator of the heavens and the earth? Or, or you know, do you do you have his word written on your heart? Do you follow the instruction that he gives us that lead to life? And so that that would be the first question. That's Any good. thoughts on that? No, I I think uh I think everything you elaborated on there is huge. Like not just would I say I'm a Christian, but am I following Jesus, spending time with him? Is his, like you said, word written on my heart? Am I consistently leading myself well? Because if not, then I'm not ready to lead anybody else. Yeah. And you don't, you guys don't mean that to create fear, right? So I think sometimes people can doubt, um, like in a way that, that, that they are following Jesus, they are all in. And then they're like, wait a second, maybe I'm not. So what would you say to that really quickly? Yeah, I would say probably not. I mean, probably, I, I probably, I do not want to say that to create fear. I don't want to fear monger, and, and yet I do believe that the Holy Spirit afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. And so, for the person that's like, "Man, I'm questioning my salvation," but you know, they they're just kind of have some OCD tendencies and they're they're getting in their head a little bit. I want I want the word of God to be a soft, comfortable, snuggly blanket. But for the person like I was out there saying, oh no, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm absolutely a Christian, sleeping around and getting drunk every weekend. Man, I, I want to I want to look in the mirror and be confronted with the fact that I may not be saved. And so it is it's a challenging question to answer because I think it depends on the person and where they're at. I want to I want to comfort the afflicted and yet afflict the comfortable. That's good. And and so the second question would be am I healthy? You know, that's what I would ask somebody to to consider like are you at a good place. And so that's different than number one, because you may be in a committed relationship with Jesus. And yet, you know, last week you were enslaved to pornography or you have some addictions that mark you that you haven't recovered from. And so I do think you can be a Christian and have a relationship with Jesus and also be an addict in need of recovery. And, uh, and so just like, hey, am I in a healthy place? And so there's a lot of things that can go into dishealth. I, I spoke to one of them is addiction. Um, another one is abandonment. 
Another one is just just our upbringing, our our parents. Um, we can have you know father and mother wounds that that are left open. And so, if you're at this place where you feel like you're drowning in life, and you just want someone else to support you, uh, like you want you want you want a buddy you know to swim with. As soon as they get near you, you're going to pull them under. Um, co- codependent would be another one. Like, hey, I just I've never been single. Uh, uh, since the fifth grade, I'm 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 desperate for a relationship, and so it's, I remember as a lifeguard when the, we went with, through lifeguard training, they said, "Hey, you need to be careful how you approach a drowning victim because because they will drown you too." And and there's so many people that they think the solution to their problems are just to get into a relationship, and they're drowning, and they are ready to drown whoever is is foolish enough to to get into a relationship with them. So I just are are you healthy would be the, be the second question. That's good, man. Um, number three. <laughs> right, we'll keep going. No, I mean, I, so I think I think yeah. both of those are are. Uh, here, here's what people are going to roll their eyes, like you said, but yeah. it, those are permission to play. Like you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't enter yeah. in any relationship if you're not yeah. seriously evaluating. Do I actually have a relationship with God, and am I healthy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, am I a believer? Am I healthy? If you're not, I would, I would get off the dating apps. I'd pull yourself out of the game. I'd stop looking and I would, I would put a date in the future in your Microsoft calendar, your Google calendar. I would go out, you know, six months, 12 months and say, you know what, rather than date for the next six to 12 months, I want to be married well the rest of my life. And so I'm going to take this six to 12 months and get healthy. I'm going to pursue a, a right relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask somebody older, wiser, more spiritually mature than me to mentor me and to pour into me. And so my third question, again, and this one's probably a little bit less obvious to people, is am I on the rebound, right? And so people will ask, when can I when can I date again, <laughs> right? When, uh, when is, you know, how long do I need to wait? And I think the way that you can kind of discern, hey, am, am I on the rebound is, do, do you feel like your heart still belongs to someone else? And that's not a, that's not like you're waiting on them. It, it means like, do you wake up in the morning and they still have the, an emotional control or they still have control over your emotions. Like your day is made if they called or texted, or as you're driving down the road, you're continuing to um, think about them. You're vicariously, you know, living uh, for them, um, through them. You're, 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 you know, Instagram stalking them, whatever that is. Yeah. And so it's just like, you, you have to have somebody else that you're honest with that can help you realize, I don't think you're ready to move on because I see so many people try to heal from past relationship wounds simply by getting in another relationship. And sometimes we need to create time and space so that we can, so that we can heal. So how do I know if I am healthy? Because both these are, are kind of related to that. What would be warning signs? And the challenge with people who are unhealthy is they can't see in the mirror. I'm unhealthy. Yeah, I, th- I I'm I know that you guys talk a lot about just like community, doing life with other people, and I, I think I think that's the the part of those blind spots is you do need girls in your life, guys in your life, respectively, 
that are helping you see that. And also don't lash out when they, when they identify that you're not healthy. Like when they bring that to your attention, don't be angry. Just know that faithful are the wounds of a friend. They helped you do that. I think, I think, um, I think you consider relationships, right? If you're thinking about how you're healthy, think about, well, was my was my upbringing healthy? Is my relationship with my parents healthy? Is my relationship with my ex healthy? Is my relationship with my community healthy? Is my relationship with my church healthy? And if any of those aren't healthy, like you're like, man, I, I no, I don't have a good relationship with my mom. You're telling me I can't date until I do. No, I, I'm saying, hey, consider carefully how that dishealth and that relationship affects your health, your spiritual well being, and and then ask, hey, are there things that I need to do? in spite of that, to pursue my own personal health. Yeah. What I don't hear you guys saying is that you have to be perfect. Like healthy is different than perfect. A healthy person recognizes I have shortcomings and I'm going to be honest about those and I'm going to seek Jesus in every area and I'm not perfect. But I have also watched, and I know you guys have way even more um, seen it, where people have ignored the counsel of others and gone forward in a relationship, and it's ended really, really poorly because people were saying, there are red flags, you are not in a healthy spot, or that person is not in a healthy spot, and um, they ignored it and thought, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and it ended poorly. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because— I, and I do think sometimes the church is criticized like, man, it feels like you're telling me I need to be perfect. And I'm saying, man, so far, this is a pretty low bar, right? We're like, you got to know Jesus. You got to be pursuing a right relationship with him. Hey, you should be healthy, not on the rebound. I mean, that's not a really, really high bar. That's like, okay, I'm I'm healthy. Like I'm involved in my church. I love God. I woke up this morning. I was in his word. I, I'm, I'm praying, you know? And so... Um, and so then the, the, the next question, the, the last question that I'm thinking about right now on this short list is, is, is another interesting one. And it's just, do I want to be married? Like, do I desire marriage? Because I see people all the time that are like, well, I want to date, but I don't, I don't want to get married. And then I would just say, man, you're setting yourself up for some sort of, of devastation. And so I've got, I've got a, um, you know, a daughter who is getting to the age where guys notice her and it's a topic of conversation with her friends and her friends are dating. And so we're talking about this and I'm just like, man, if you start dating right now, here, here are the possible outcomes. One, you break up. Two, you date for a really, really, really long time and you constantly try to restrain your sexual desires for longer than you should. Um, or, or three, you, you compromise and you, you, you're sexually active and, um, and then I have to hunt somebody down and nobody, <laughs> and nobody wants that. And so, yeah, dude, just this idea of like, you know, dating, David, I heard you say this. We, I know we've heard others say that dating is a, is a path that leads to a promise and it, it's not the destination in of itself. And some of the most miserable people I meet view dating as a destination. And they say, well, they say, well, do I want a boyfriend or a girlfriend rather than do I want a husband or a wife? And dating is just the method with which we use to look for a husband and wife. It's, it's a new idea. The, the word is fairly new in the English language, about 120 years, give or take a few. 
uh, it showed up 120 years ago as a euphemism for prostitution to go on a date meant to pay for some sort of sexual favor. And now we use this idea as, as, uh, the way to get married. And, um, and so this is, this is why I'm a fan of arranged marriage. Did you guys know I was arra- arranging a marriage? I, I've heard this. I know. I, I've heard yeah. rumblings. We honestly want to know. Yeah. yeah people yeah, keep... It's, it's, it's happening, guys. Hey. It's happening. All right. So That's, you're going to set JD up or what? It doesn't work out. We're, we're working on another one up here that uh, can be test case number two. So I've got a list for JD. Well, you let right. me know when you're ready. Okay. No. Hey, let's. What, should we walk through the list and do a podcast? <laughs> no. Yeah, we can if you want. Hey, no. sure. here's, here's a question for the uh, person who says, I want to be married someday. Like the the spectrum of people who are like, man, I don't even want to get married. And then there's somebody who's like, I want to get married, just not anytime soon. And then there's somebody who is like, man, I want a bit. I just want to get married. Meet me at the altar in your white dress. And so what you sound like you're saying is if you're not in that third category, if you're ready today, then you shouldn't date. Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is, meet me at the yeah. altar in your white dress. Mm. Mm. No one is going to know. No, they don't, man. There's so many songs. That's, this generation. I have no idea what you're. No, that's seriously. J- that's jagged. That's jagged, jagged edge, edge. JD. Dude, Sorry. That's back, when, that's back when music was great. I just want to get married. That's right. Mm. All the Gen um, Zers like what? It's a great song. You should make it your ringtone. I'll yeah, change I the question thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll change the question to. It, it's it's really and this is just to clarify that question. It's it's do I view dating as a way for me to quickly to efficiently and effectively find a spouse like dating is just the job interview right <laughs> that's it it is it is that simple and so i've got to go into it and th- and this is my fifth question this leads to my fifth question you ready and the fifth question um do i know what i'm looking for like you, it is silly in any situation in life to start to look for something and not know what you're looking for. <laughs> and so it's just like, if, if I'm at a place where I'm asking, am I ready to date? And dating is just the interview for the job. It's like asking, do I know what job I want? Do I know what jobs I don't want? Like, I don't want to waste time interviewing for a job that I would never in a million years take, right? That's, that's a waste of everybody's time. And so I need to think through, do I know what, what I'm looking for in marriage? And do I view, to go to that fourth question, back to that fourth question, do I view dating as the pathway to marriage? And nothing more, nothing less. It's not what we, we view marriage, we view dating as like just like a pathway to manicize, manic lows, the emotional roller coaster. We get addicted to the drama. You know, we want to live in the reality show. And, and it's really just the pathway to the promise. So if I don't see it that way, and I'm just like, man, I could be open, but I don't see myself getting married anytime soon, then I probably am not ready to date. That's that's a fact. The perspective is all about, hey, do I see this as a, like you said, a job interview? Is it as a step in the direction? Uh, it's the airport. No one goes to the airport just to hang out. You go there to go to another destination. So you shouldn't enter into dating if you don't have a clear destination that you want to move to. That's right. Uh, so something I feel like a lot of people, or I've heard like a few people talk to me about the hard conversation of they like hear the gospel for the first time when they're like in love, 
with someone and they're, they're in a relationship they've been in for a long time. They've seen a lot of hurt together. They've probably, um, they're having sex together. They might even be living together. And then the church immediately becomes a place where they kind of hear the message. And now you should end that love. You should break up everything that you know, forget about it and uh, pursue God now. That's what he wants for you. And I think where it can get really confusing is, is then you meet pastors and you hear leaders and you hear different stories and testimonies being told where these amazing men who are giving that advice came from marriages outside of Christ and did, weren't Christians when they got married. And so then it creates this tension of like, well, you did it and now you're changing lives and there's all this different stuff. And then last, like the last thing with that is I see like a world where people almost believe like they want to do both. Like they're like, there is a storyline, there's a narrative where we can both get healthy and stay in our relationship and figure this out together. Yeah. Do you, do you believe that that's, that exists? Yeah. So good, JD. Uh, let me just say that's mine and Monica's story. Um, we, we met as non-Christians. We were dating, we were having sex, we were doing everything wrong. We were fighting a lot, breaking up, getting back together. Um, I was not faithful in that dating relationship and and then I, I was somebody invited me to a church hung and I went hung over and sat in the back row, smelt like smoke from the club the night before and gave my life to Jesus. And then we she and I had conversations. We trusted in Christ and then and then we 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 cut out the physical stuff and we both got discipled and then ultimately got married as believers. We were believers when we got married. And so I, I, I think it's messy. And, and here's the mistake that I think a lot of people make here is they start to determine obedience by the outcome. And they'll say, well, it worked out for him or, or it could work out for us. Or I think I think this and then they and then they think, oh, we must have done the right thing because now we're married and, and we have a good relationship. And I, I would say, first of all, you cannot determine obedience by the outcome. Um, people don't always like how I answer this question because it's like, Hey, it's, you're harsh. And I think there's gray. And, and I think, I think it could, like, I think you could, um, I think it could work out. Like if the end goal is just it working out, I think it's very possible through it by a number of means. But I, I think sometimes it's a, it's a fun game to play. <laughs> you know, how obedient can I be? And, and here's my short answer. So that's a lot of rambling to say this, to say, hey, at the end of the day, is Jesus Christ your number one priority? And is the, is the relationship and the dating and the significant other, is that a distant second, third, or fourth to your radical and relentless pursuit of Jesus? Like, are you at a place where you say, I want to put Christ first in all things, and this relationship's not going to distract me from that? And I'll just tell you, when all the fields are there, especially when you know the relationships happen for years and sex is involved and all that stuff, it's really messy to think for ourselves to say, oh, yeah, sure, no, yeah, Jesus is my number one priority for sure. And, and I just would come back and say, is he really, though? Is he really? Do whatever you, you will never regret. You will never regret whatever you did to make Christ ultimate in your life. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm listening to that and that story's me, I have a similar story as you and Monica. I'm wondering, did no one give you that counsel when y'all were dating or did people tell y'all to keep going? Like what, what was there a you telling you that or get, was your community giving you counsel when you were, you know, you said you became a Christian before you got married. Um, was there, you the know, only, the only one. Yeah. The, no, it's not like we were in community, you know, 
And, um, and so we did so much right. But, but then there was this guy, we sat down, it was premarital counseling. And he said, hey, stop pursuing each other and start pursuing Christ together as we're kind of walking through our challenges. And he goes, I think y'all's issue is like, you guys, you, y'all are pursuing each other and sometimes you're missing. And he drew this stupid thing on this piece of paper. He drew a, two people like stick figures and then above them and in the middle, he drew a cross. And he says, and then he drew these arrows pointing to each other. And he says, as you pursue each other, you sometimes miss. He goes, but as you pursue Christ together, and he drew these two arrows that narrow to the cross. And he says, as you pursue Christ together, you're going to continue to grow closer and closer and closer. And I thought, I sat there and I was like, oh, that's so cute, Pastor Man. Like, did you learn that in seminary? That's really sweet, man. The cross and the arrows and the people. But I look back on that moment and I'm like, man, that was prophetic. Like that was a word because it, it's what happened. And I, I, here's what's crazy is I've been married now 16 years. I've got three kids. I've got a 13 year old, you know, and, and I'm like that I go, I still draw on that, on that, um, on that message. I mean, that's in the book. That's in the, that's in the dating book because it, it was that impactful on my life. Which I, I feel like I've heard you tell that story and is, it it feels like it's less and less cheesy. You always disclaim it, but every time that I hear it, it really, and maybe it was because of the context and when he said it and all of that, but it really is a powerful metaphor. Um, your passion for this subject, you're releasing a book, um, you and I, for anybody, again, who I'm, I'd be shocked if people aren't aware, but have worked together or did work together for a decade. You're now leading a church, Harris Creek, um, and have taught on dating as much as anyone I know, with the exception maybe of Tommy Nelson. But, um, you know, even even there, I would say, I, I feel like you give him a run for his money. On the topic of dating, what, uh, I'm putting you on the spot, what would you say, and it could be something you already just said, is the biggest mistake that you see believers, two people who are believers, make? Oh, two people who are believers? Yeah. Um, uh, a bunch of them come to mind. Here, here's what I was going to say. I was going, I was going to say dating for fun. I think the whole world says, Hey, put your emotions in the front seat and date for fun and, and ride the roller coaster of the highs and lows. And I would say, what I'm not saying is don't have fun dating. Right. But when you make fun, the destination, then you, you lose the intentionality that is necessary for dating. So with that, I would also say not knowing what they're looking for. I think that's a huge mistake believers make, and they just get stuck in the dating land. Like girls will ask me on Friday, I do this deal called Friday Q&A, and they ask me, um, you know, hey, I've, I've been dating this guy for four years, and I don't know that. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> four years of dating. Like they're, the, of, the, of the categories, single, dating, and married, Dating is the least fun of those three categories. Like single, man, you can have a lot of fun when you're single. You can go change the world. You know, you're free to go on all kinds of mission trips and serve the poor and you can take risks and and just leverage everything for, for Christ. He says that in Matthew 19, and, and then Paul says it again in 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, when you're married, man, it's great. I mean, you can you can have sex and make babies and disciple children and and, uh, and man, marriage is awesome. Dating is the job interview. Like that's where you're like, oh, okay, I've got to, I've got to go through the interview. And I think some people get stuck there. 
And so I think dating too long could be a mistake that believers make dating without intentionality. And I would just say like the biggest mistake is probably going to be in the, in the physical category. So like, you know, Paul writes in first Corinthians six, he says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit? He says, we should flee sexual immorality. He says, all other sin a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And so he puts the sexual sin in some sort of special category. And he says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You've been bought by a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. And so I think he's saying, hey, this sin, it, it it's, has special consequences. And so I know Laura's about to ask, but wait. We don't want to make people feel shame. And, and you're right. I, I don't think that's the heart. Like, I don't, I don't even think Paul's, that's, that's certainly not Paul's heart either. I don't want anyone to feel shame. I want people to realize that there are special consequences for this sin, that a God who's crazy about you, he loves you so much. He, he, he forgives you and shows you mercy for fun. He delights in it. Uh, he says, hey, I, I don't want those consequences for you. I want something better for you. Yeah, that's good. I love it, man. Well, um, for those of you who are interested, which hopefully you all are, Outdated is coming up. Is it coming out in March? Yeah, March 2nd. Pre-order now. It's an amazing resource. It's not a long read. It is a well-written, excellent. If you're dating, hope to date someday, anywhere you are on the spectrum, you're dating somebody right now, go pre-order that book if you can. This will be released in January. Can can you even pre-order? On Amazon, you yeah. can, right? You can pre-order right now. I mean, it's, yeah, it's... It's uh, it's available for pre-order, and in fact, everybody who pre-orders gets gets some additional gifts, and and if they want, they can be entered into a contest for an arranged marriage. Yeah, they nice. can. JD, <laughs> I, I, can I buy it on JD's behalf and get him oh entered into the gosh. contest? David, JD's already bought three copies. Yeah, he's, he's uh, in. Yeah, he he they said you can't see the name. That's a big dog. Eat. <laughs> Man, he hey. has three entries. <laughs> Hey, I love you, dude. I'm so grateful. I, I, I'm so proud of you. And I mean, it, it, the uh, way that you've taught on this subject, I, um, I'm just excited. And we'll have to have you back when when you do release it and it gets closer. But um, thanks yeah, for thanks for your influence. Today. It impact, uh, personally impacted both of you guys. Uh, has impacted uh, my marriage and my single year. So thank you, guys. Keep going. I love Amen. it. Hey, my joy. That love is you guys it. so much. Unless anything else you want to say, uh, JP, as we end this, the first podcast, 2021. Man, I'm, I hope whoever's listening, I'm praying right now that you would have an amazing 2021 and, uh, and, and just thankful for all that God is doing through the porch and this ministry and you three. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. Well, we love you. And uh, to those listening, we love you. And we will see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.